there. You're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Hello there. Or should that be Guten Tag, Josh? Guten Tag. Because today I'm delighted to announce that finally, finally, it is time to start recording trip reports from our European Thing Park road trip. Can you believe it? It's been four months. I've I've kind of forgotten. I've kind of forgotten a lot about what happened, and I'm very glad that I was so diligent in recording it all in the form of Twitter threads, and of course, vlogs by your fine self as well over on the Park Rush YouTube channel to help us refresh our memories about what was an incredible trip. It really was. It really was. I'm sorry to say, though, that we aren't exactly starting with the highlight of said trip. We are no. starting with Movie Park Germany. You've got to start at the bottom. We get some of the the one-dayers out of the way first. Uh, the one-dayers, not the Zendayers. Europa Park, Fantasialand, those were multi-day affairs, may well require multi-episode podcasts. And so we'll start with Movie Park and then we'll move on to Tripstrill. That'll be the plan. And then we'll hit up Fantasialand Europa Park and, lest we not forget, Efteling, which was also Efteling. a multi-day affair. Hell yeah. So there are lots of theme parks for us to get into. The plan, as I say, is for, for this to take us over the course of the next five, six weeks up to our next theme park trip which I can't remember if we've actually mentioned on the podcast, will be our grand return to Disneyland Paris, which oh, is very exciting. Where it all began. Where it all began, yeah. The founding place of the Park Rush podcast. So it has a lot to answer for, <laughs> Disneyland Paris. Yes. Bl- blame that for all your woes, dear listener. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So plenty of Park Rush podcasts to look forward to. Just on the topic of lots of stuff to look forward to, there is one thing that you will have to stop looking forward to for a little while in the loop, our weekly theme park news show over on the YouTube channel. Uh, that's kind of on indefinite leave for the time being. It, it took a break while I was away. I just got back from a holiday and we're not really minded to pick it straight back up again, to be quite frank. The the the, the viewing figures are not are not knocking our socks off right now and we're going to focus on the podcast because there's lots, as I say, for us to get into over the next few weeks. So without further ado, Movie Park Germany, we've kind of shown our hand in saying that it might have been the low light of the trip overall. But Josh, were you full of hope as we I as was. we drove to Essen and, and headed off to Movie Park were you, or, or were you pretty uh, sceptical about it from the off? I was. I, I think it, it's fair to say it was a mix of both. I was full of hope that it would um, outdo my expectations, which were very low. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you know, formerly um, a branded theme park. You know, tied to a movie brand. No longer. It's. It's not great. No, that film studio you mentioned there being Warner Brothers. This was previously. Uh, a Warner Brothers branded park, and yeah, there are some remnants of that, but it 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 is, it's funnily enough, whilst bearing or previously bearing the Warner Brothers name, this this park feels very evocative 
of Universal Studios. It feels like Universal Studios done on a budget. I was yes. very much in the same headspace as you. I was skeptical, but hopeful that it would outdo my pretty low expectations. So it's basically the Liz Trust of theme parks. And just as Liz Trust has proven to be just as bad as I'd feared, uh, Movie Park was also not particularly good. But But as we went in, and I did get that slight Universal Studios vibe. Oh yeah, there was a, there was kind of a charm to it, like the entrance with the the movie park logo up ahead, yeah, the was, archway with the archway. Yeah, was very evocative of Universal Studios Florida, and I'm sure the other Universal Studios parks as well. The main street as well, where you got shops mm. and eateries on either side, a movie soundtrack, various movie soundtracks playing in the background. Actors dressed up as the likes of Marilyn Monroe providing the street entertainment. And just the atmosphere yeah. was very Universal Studios, I thought. And that that kind of added to my maybe slightly misplaced optimism of, oh, you know, <laughs> Universal on a budget. I could kind of be into this. I, I, I could kind of be into this. Uh, I think you felt the same as we were walking in. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, as you say, the archway, the fountain, the yeah. the whole vibe of that main street with the music playing. Um, yeah, very much felt like I was arriving at a Universal Park. I was, oh, I was, I was getting up for it. I was getting g'd up. Yeah, not it. Although the the one the one point that was not particularly similar to Universal Park was the price of entry, right? So yes. <laughs> going to a Universal Park can cost a pretty penny these days, but Movie Park was was on the cheaper side of the parks we visited. Uh, yes, it was £42 uh, in, our, in our British pounds at the time, uh, which... Who knows what, what it is yeah. now? <laughs> when this airs, it could be anything. A couple of them were quite cheap, actually, but... Uh, relatively speaking but yeah this was the cheapest one we as we say we headed up main street we did catch a little bit of a show on the way in and we decided to hit up the movie park studio tour and there, there were more universal vibes on the walk up to that because we had to pass through the kind of kid-friendly nickelodeon section of the park yeah. which had a lot of kind of pretty familiar family-friendly rides like a wild mouse coaster and a little log flume and a few other bits and bobs all themed to different Nickelodeon shows like Fairly Your Parents, SpongeBob SquarePants, Dora the Explorer, Jimmy Neutron. They were all represented. And as a kid of the late 90s, early 2000s who spent plenty of time watching a lot of those shows, that was a real nostalgia trip for me. Uh, you know, I have said before on the podcast how much I missed the Hanna-Barbera ride at Universal Studios, but I also was a big fan of Jimmy Neutron's Nicktoon Blast. I don't want to make it sound like everything that replaced Hanna-Barbera or everything subsequent to Hanna-Barbera has been a disgrace and a waste of time because Jimmy Neutron, I feel, was, was just about a worthy successor. It's only past that, really, that I take issue with it, so... Uh, yeah, I, I would agree. I, I also very much enjoyed the Jimmy Neutron version of that ride. Yeah. And uh, we also, before we got to the, the first ride of the day, came across some Dunkin' Donuts. So, again, very a very Americanized theme park in, in every which way. Uh, and we'll come back to the Dunkin' Donuts because we did partake, or you did partake, Josh. I did, yes. Some of that 
So Movie Park Studio Tour then. This is kind of the flagship ride, the marquee ride. It's it's a bit of an odd one. It's kind of set up as though it's going to be a classic Universal or MGM style studio tour, backlot tour kind of a ride. Yeah. The queue has you going through movie studio offices and things like that. There are posters and trailers playing which are very evocative of classic films there were some excellent knockoff posters around very clear ripoffs of stuff like fast and the furious and king kong which i got a kick out of the safety videos and stuff were a director with a name that was amusingly similar to steven spielberg i can't quite remember exactly what it was was it thrillberg or something was the surname yes thrillberg yeah (laughs) yeah so that was all quite good fun and then you get into a kind of little coaster train and and you are aware that it's a roller coaster before you get on the ride because the opening portion of the queue which is outside you can see the coaster car shoot through a hole in the wall of the of the building and there's a portion of track that goes outside and then it goes back in so you know that it becomes a roller coaster at some point but the setup so far as the the queue is concerned and then the early part of the ride is that it's going to be this kind of studio tour yes what was your kind of level of anticipation as you were lining up i was quite i was quite intrigued by it i was hoping for um i guess i I wasn't sure what what the element indoor elements were going to be like but i was hoping for um almost like uh this maybe a bit uh over egging it uh, kind of like mummy esque in terms of a vo- like in terms of a coaster, mm. uh, and then and then for anything else to, that comes with it to kind of surprise me, I would say. Yeah, the the coaster cars weren't dissimilar to the mummy. Uh, there were rows of two rather than four, but they're quite yeah. compact in the same way as the Revenge of the Mummy coaster cars. It's similar to that as well. And also, I guess, in some way, the Jurassic Park ride in that it starts one way and then something, quote unquote, goes wrong. But rather yeah. than it be a mummy's curse or one of those pesky hadrosaurs, which really should have been dealt with by now after 20 odd years of knocking boats off course into the Raptor yeah. enclosure. Uh, this is instead um, your behind the scenes tour kind of going off the rails and the the point where it really kicks off is is this launch which i remember being actually pretty decent so far as you know a relatively small scale mostly indoor coaster goes yeah you kind of zip through probably a bit too quickly to be honest again scenes that are very evocative of films that you'll recognize like king kong like fast and Mm -hmm. the furious these kind of bootleg versions of those films that you've seen posters of you then fly through scenes from those films while on the ride but it's going too quickly really to get a great sense of it but yeah it's decent enough you can see they've thrown you can simultaneously see that they've probably thrown more money at this one than just about any other ride but in a way because of that the shortcomings and the budgetary restraints compared to what you'll what you would see at like universal also feel all the more obvious and i think it's kind of the perfect microcosm of my problem with the park right it's like oh you've spent just enough money to remind me of some of my favorite theme parks in the world 
but not enough money to match those. And so it's not like Trips Drill, which kind of knows what it is, isn't trying to emulate really anyone else specific and is quite comfortable and content in its own skin. Movie Park feels like it's really trying hard to impress you and be that universal park uh, for the German market. And I kept trying to put myself in the shoes of someone who'd never been to Universal and maybe it would really impress that person. And maybe it would, but as someone who has, of course, been to Universal and uh, plenty of times as well, uh, yeah, my overriding sense was this was kind of the how do you do fellow kids meme of movie theme parks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of them things where every scene was like, oh, this is re- this is really good for someone... If you've never seen a Universal or a Disney, this is really good. But it's just that teared down from what you would expect if you went to a Universal or a Disney, I think, is kind of the way to describe it. It's like uh, you've just not had the budget to really go all the way. Mm. Um, And, yeah, I think if you've never been to... uh, Maybe, yeah, I mean, it's even one of those. If you've never, if you haven't even been to like a Fantasyland or a Europa Park or something, um, let alone a Disney or a Universal, uh, I think you'd be really impressed with this ride. It's just, um, once you have been to those parks, it's something just a little bit missing. Yeah, definitely. And I think it also suffered as well in that, and this was a running theme again throughout the day, that the queue times could get pretty hefty. And yet the rides, almost all of them, certainly the coasters, were very, very short. And to be honest, the only coasters that felt like decent bang for your buck in terms of ride time were the ones that I wish had been over after about four seconds. (laughs) Yeah, I I wish never existed. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, we'll get to those, we'll get to those. But yeah, it was, you know, a decent start to the day. I definitely think, all things considered, it is the best roller coaster at the park. But uh, that maybe says a little more about some of the other coasters as much as it does say about the the movie studio tour ride itself. Uh, the next ride that we did was another indoor coaster, and this was Van Helsing's Factory I think we'd heard, I mean, I'd certainly heard pretty good things about this one going in. Were you similarly hopeful that this might prove to be one of the rides of the day? Yeah, obviously you'd said um, what you did about how it's, you know, kind of well regarded. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's uh, So that got me up for it more than anything. And then in, in the, I don't know, the in the queue was obnoxious. <laughs> uh, I really did not like the queue. It was very loud, right? There was yeah. It might, There's a my machine gun going off a lot. There was screaming, hemmed in, loud music, and like weird bats up above yep. making crazy noises. And my Apple Watch was not having a good time. It kept telling me, "Yo, if you hang out here for too long, you're going to go deaf." <laughs> was... Yeah. What do we do? Hang out there for too long? Yeah, that was a very long, yeah. slow moving queue. Was some not just loud uh, set dressing, but also some very loud teenagers. Yeah, very loud. And there was a scene that looked straight out of um, Fast and Furious, uh, supercharged, yeah. going on where 
Van Helsing would come in and like f- do something to his pickup truck. Yeah. And then leave again. Doing like some mechanics work. And he looked, you know, much like the whole park looks a bit like Universal if you squint. Like maybe if you were drunk, you'd walk around thinking, oh, I'm Universal. I think if you went on Van Helsing and watched that scene play out and you'd had a few beers, you might be like, oh, I got Hugh Jackman to do it. Uh, it's not yeah. Hugh Jackman. It's someone who, you know, looks just just enough like Hugh Jackman to make you think, oh, that's clearly what they're going for here, which which is a bit weird in itself, right? Because that film is about 20 years old. I don't know when this ride opened. I think it's relatively new. I think it's within the last sort of five years or so. Oh, really? As old as that? Yes. Ah. It replaced Gremlin Invasion. Gremlin Invasion? I mean, I think Gremlins is a more timeless movie property than Van Helsing. But yes, who am I? I actually kind of like Van Helsing, <laughs> the Hugh Chapman film. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's. I mean, that replaced the Scooby-Doo spooky coaster. So What? Yeah. See, it so desperately wants to be universal that they even inadvisably got rid of their Hanna-Barbera ride and replaced it with yeah. things that are worse. Oh, the, the, the entranceway to the Scooby-Doo Spooky Coaster looks awesome. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. The, the entrance to the Van Helsing Coaster is quite underwhelming, right? So it's set up to look kind of like a, a dilapidated petrol station or, you know, a, a US gas station. But it also yeah. looks slightly like it could be an old US diner. I... It's it's quite an underwhelming uh, aesthetic yeah. that they've gone for there. It's also, a, like you say, it's a factory. So how can it be a factory and a petrol station diner thing? It's all mm. it's a bit odd, a bit of an odd vibe. Yeah, a little bit. And then the ride itself. So as I say, this is another indoor coaster, quite compact coaster cars again as well. Rows of two. And very, very short again, and it's very dark. It's hard to get a great sense of what's going on. There are yeah. some very ropey-looking animatronics at times. Some demon dogs were, you know, stood out as being particularly ropey that kind of quote-unquote leap out at you like they're trying to attack. It's not... It was by no means my favourite ride of the day, and whilst I thought the... The relative darkness of the movie studio coaster maybe worked in its favour, like I said, to make the launch feel a little more intense than it probably was. I thought this was a bit more evocative of Space Mountain in in that it kind of threw you around a bit and not in the most pleasant way. Yeah, so this is a Gersalauer bobsled coaster, which basically is characterised by having single cars that have sharp turns almost like a wild mouse. So, yeah, it definitely has that sharp turn vibe that is not I never feels great to me it's worth saying as well by the way and again this was a bit of a running theme to an extent I thought actually the merch at this park overall was okay like in some of the more general gift shops but I thought the ride gift shops specifically were pretty underwhelming and by and large didn't sell a lot of stuff that was bespoke for the yeah. rides or, or the park at large it was kind of felt like a bit of a hodgepodge of things that were like tangentially related to to the rides that you'd just been on so in the case of Van Helsing there was a lot of kind of generic almost just sort of Halloween merch in there yes yeah 
the next coaster that we did, and it was the next ride we did as well. Am I right in thinking that this was your favourite of the day? This was this was Star Trek. This was the Starfleet Academy roller coaster. Uh, yeah, I think this was my favourite coaster that we went on for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I this to me to was it kind of reminded me a little bit of Icebreaker at SeaWorld, but obviously you haven't been on that just yet. So from your point no. of view, what? What was kind of your take on this one? Was it familiar or evocative of anything else, or did it? Yeah, I guess it kind of stands on its own a little bit. Uh, obviously, I've watched the videos of Icebreaker, um, and it's got elements that you kind of you see elsewhere. But it was interesting to see the sort of um, you know the, the the go back up the track that you then dropped through, and then you, you obviously go you kind of do that a couple of times before you shoot off over the top of a top hat and then into the rest of the ride um yeah it's just a kind of a different vibe to a you know coaster that i've been on previously yeah it's got a launch but you as you say you kind of end up going back on yourself so you you leave the station and then almost immediately the track uh moves and you again sort of launch forward travel part of the way up what i guess you would describe as a top pat and then end up going back on yourself and i think there's another there was another launch like a backwards launch along the same part of track that you had just launched forward from yeah and so you end up going upside down in a sort of slightly corkscrew like maneuver whilst going backwards so it's quite disorientating and the restraint it it worked quite well i thought in that it, it, you felt just insecure enough for those, certainly those backwards inversions to feel all the more dangerous in a sense. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I think, you know, again, I go back to put myself in the shoes of someone who's never been to some of the kind of truly world-class theme parks, most of which, of course, are in the US or many of which are in the US. How does this stack up? And I would I would imagine that this probably stacks up pretty well for those folks. And it's pretty new, opened in 2017, so it's one of their newer attractions. Uh, it's a Mac Rides joint, so it's got some pedigree. The Star Trek theming, I don't re- I don't think really does it any favors, to be honest. I mean, the queue was okay. Like you go through uh, a pretty bland sort of recreation of of a Starfleet bridge. Yeah, it felt and... felt like uh wasted really. Like I think they've done a pretty good job of recreating it. It's just kind of irrelevant. Yeah, no no one seemed particularly immersed in what no. was going on in terms of the queue. No one seemed particularly engaged by any of it. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, you get on the ride, you enjoy the coaster for what it is. Uh, it's worth noting that this is probably the first ride that you will see when you enter the park. Uh, it's kind yes. of straight ahead of you. I mean, you can't literally just walk in a straight line to get to it. You need to go round uh, and, and get to the entrance uh, another way. But but it's right there in, in your eye line when you walk in. And it looks It's a impressive. really cool shot, actually. Mm, um, yes. Because you have the waterfall with the movie park logo in uh, the waterfall the water fountain and then the star trek ride almost loops over and around that feature which is really cool 
Yes, we've got we've got a, a nice shot of it, if I do say so, on the Twitter thread from our day at Movie Park, which I'll put a link to in the uh, show notes. I'll also put a link there to the vlog that Josh recorded. Yeah, I think it's the uh, thumbnail the page, of the vlog so can... is that. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Mm. Well worthy, I would say, of being yes. the, the vlog thumbnail. Uh, and again, the, in- gift, the gift shop was bizarre. <laughs> yeah. There was some very uh, cheap, cheaply made looking Star Trek shirts that you could get. Yes, these uh, were, they- I, th- I thought they were great, but in a really bad way. Like, they looked like your gran had knitted you uh, a Star Trek top. Yeah, or or just sort of, yeah, it's one of your existing old jumpers that you have yes. ironed a Star Trek patch onto. Yeah. It had that vibe. Like, the quality of the printing was really bad. It was, <laughs> it, was it, it even extended to the the Starfleet uniforms that the ride attendants were wearing. They yeah. also looked pretty awful, I thought. Yeah. Um, but again, in a somewhat endearing way, I suppose, you do kind of have to embrace it. And I guess for the Star, Star Trek aficionados out there, this was like next generation era, I think. There was like, I think there was a Patrick Stewart. There was like a picture of Patrick Stewart. At one point yeah. in the queue, yeah. I think I think this was Next Generation era. Star yes, Trek. it is. Yeah, yeah, isn't he? He's back, isn't he? In the is latest he? version, isn't it called like Star Trek Picard or something like that? Oh, yes, yes, he is. Yes, he is. I don't know if that's meant to be good or not. I know my parents have been watching it because they were a they were big on the Next Generation on Sky One. Right. I remember yeah. When oh. I was a kid. Yeah. Back when Sky One was big. I watched all that stuff. Yeah, my mum was big on Sky One. She loved Star Trek The Next Generation and she loved Relic Hunter, uh, which which I, I also Relic remember Hunter. loving, actually, Relic Hunter. It was kind of like, hey, if you like The Mummy or Indiana Jones, uh, you should watch Relic Hunter. I'm pretty yeah. sure there are just loads of episodes on YouTube and I highly recommend it. Because <laughs> this was about the time when The Simpsons was on Sky One as well. So it was like... Had all the heavy, all the big hitters, really, of the yeah. of the era. Anyway, oh, uh, Sky One Thing Park back in the day, <laughs> they had a good lineup of stuff that they could have yeah. used. Uh, London Resort, anyone? Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, we can have a dream. Um, moving on, right? It's getting grim now, Josh. There's a couple of oh, real no. stinkers oh, here. No, yeah, I'm sorry to say. Uh, two real rotten roller coasters to talk about here. Uh, uh, actually, the, Tom, before we before oh. we mention the, the rides, we should mention that we walked through a rather run-down looking area, which was the Santa Monica Pier area of the park. We kind of got through it quite quickly because none of the rides looked, you know, in great shape. Really, they all looked a bit run down. Uh, everywhere was lacking paint. I would say. Um, yeah, it's kind of a vibe for this whole side of the park, actually. Um, and we was like, oh, we'll move on to the, you know, those coasters look good. We'll move straight on to those. And, uh, <laughs> how wrong we were. How wrong we were. Yeah, I mean, just just on that, it, it's a slightly. I, I found I found the transitions between, I suppose, the different parts of the park to be quite jarring. So you do start off in this, as we said at the top, this kind of movie studio very evocative of universal and, and hollywood studios it feels yeah. very much like it's a, trying to ape those 
Then you walk through the Nickelodeon area, which, yeah, is actually relatively bland. I think the the, the, the rides themselves aren't that well-themed, but there's some good set dressing around them, like the signage, and there's some, you know, decent props, and, and you know, there's plenty of recognisable music playing. I think yeah, there's one like of the, the better gift shops was... Yeah. Control Tower and things like that. Yeah, one of the better gift shops, I think, was that in that part of the park. Yes. Uh, but... But generally, I think, you know, it's I think it suffers in some very simple ways, actually. Or, you know, because even this Nickelodeon area I thought had this problem. And I think it just it's even stuff as simple as like. the Like the floor on the flooring is maybe not the right word, but like the type of tarmac that is used and the way certain buildings are painted. And there doesn't seem to have been much thought put into like the sight lines of the park like and there's lots of things that you don't really think about when you're walking around somewhere like disney and i think that you just sort of take for granted which you you really you feel the absence of in a place like movie park where even if the rides were all brilliant i think the kind of process of walking between them is is quite it feels quite uninspired and a little bit a little bit sad and you know when the if the rides are all bangers then it's something that you kind of overlook and kind of accept for what it is i think obviously when the rides are in are, are lacking in their own way as well it it maybe it stands out even more that the park as a whole is also feels a little insipid i guess i don't know it's yeah there is there's one sideline that works absolutely great which is that one that we've mentioned with the star trek ride where you walk through the archway and you have the water fountain logo and then you have the star trek ride behind it that's the one sight line that works other than that they have not thought about it at all anyway without further ado these roller coasters then so first of all the bandit which is a, a wooden western themed coaster really bizarre uh, from the off really in that music w- from toy story was playing i, I think yeah. it was kind of uh, like i i think it was like the the woody uh sort of chase music from toy story 2 that kind of like you know uh from the woody's roundup show yeah but then there were screens in the queue which as i I've got written here, and I assume this is accurately transcribed. We're playing scenes from Despicable Me. Yeah, they were. God, I forgot that. That was bizarre. So you've got, you know, music from a Pixar movie playing. You've got scenes from a Universal <laughs> animated film playing on the on the TVs uh, yep. while you wait to board this Western themed wooden ride which is not attached to any sort of ip it's it's uh it's generic western fair and the twitter thread here i've written that was possibly the worst roller coaster experience of my life (laughs) (laughs) disgustingly rough and shaky wanted it over seconds after the first chain lift and if i have escaped without bruises i'll consider myself a lucky boy to put it bluntly F this ride. So there you go. Uh, to- I've told you how I really feel there. I think it's fair to say. Yeah. You agree with that assessment, Josh? <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, and actually, uh, you know, I, I do like, I'm a man who likes to put his hands up on rides. Uh, and this, 
I, I, there was no way I was doing it. I very much felt like I would lose my arms. Um, it, was, it was, and it was, it was so uncomfortable. Uh, I think I might have come off with bruises. It was, it was unbearable. Yeah, it was awful. And you know, and we this, can laugh about it now. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Four, four months on, this four incident removed, is meant to be yeah. the more comfortable of the two rides that we went on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, which says a lot we'll get to that I, I was just going to say like as it is it is something we can laugh about four months removed but I was genuinely uh, you know I, the, the tweet you know I don't often tweet with a straight face I'm almost always taking the mick when I tweet whether on my own account or the Park Rush account well, I was genuinely yeah. fuming <laughs> when I got off this ride I was like no that is that needs to be torn down that is deeply unpleasant and yeah. will become unsafe if left in that state for much longer. I, I was really not happy and was was close to, to refusing to go on the next ride, which was the <laughs> MP Express. Yes, the Movie Park <laughs> Express. <laughs> the Movie Park Express. Top line of my review on this one, a steel <laughs> inverted coaster right next door to the bandit, and this one can F off as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, never a good sign when a steel coaster requires enough padding to engulf the stay puffed marshmallow man and without it I think I'd have suffered permanent brain damage so yeah, yeah the the uh, Think Park Worldwide YouTube channel uh, we watched their movie park vlog before we went and they talked on there about the fact that they had added some padding to the restraints on this ride since they had last done it they they were talking about the ride and how rough it was and how they had almost been dreading going on it uh, having been on it before yeah and so yeah i was anticipating a rough time based on that the padding didn't necessarily make me feel any better about it and once again i found this deeply unpleasant and the padding didn't help because my head got absolutely clattered around between the bars of that restraint to my, to my yeah. side again. Deep, deeply unpleasant. Did not did not like it at all. I didn't mind this ride so much, but then uh, being a bigger chap than you are, uh, I fill it out a bit better. So I'm I'm more snug in the harness. But mm. the, the amount of padding, you know, when Theme Park Worldwide talks about adding some padding, I was like, oh, you know, a little bit of padding flipping a heck this is they had like basically added a sofa to this thing in terms of padding it's ridiculous and it still wasn't enough it was not good it was not good guys you wouldn't believe it uh it was a lot of padding and uh i would not yeah, recommend was, uh, yeah they, I would not, don't just don't bother going down this end of the park basically if you get to the start of trek go on that and then turn around and go back again <laughs> yeah yeah, at least these two are next to each other, right? So they they can be avoided in one fell swoop. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can see them off in the distance and turn back round, as you say. But we did stay in the World West area. I, I was I was I was pretty pretty angry again. You know, I was angry coming off the Bandit. I was even angrier coming off the Movie Park Express. So I was I was in a bit of a sulk at this point. I've got to be completely <laughs> frank. You know, I was like, I don't want to go on a ride for a little bit here. I'm gonna wallow in my own self-pity so yes. you took on this standing drop tower by yourself i did uh, yeah and you actually quite like this one yeah i did actually i think 
This is, in my, well, not hard to say this really, uh, top three rides of the park. I do like a drop tower, uh, and the best way of experiencing a drop tower, in my opinion, is a standing drop tower. I did one at Drayton Manor. Unfortunately, that no longer exists. That's been torn down this year. Um, so the high fall, there you go. And it's like, it's circular, so there's like loads of people get on this thing. Uh, I couldn't tell you like an exact figure. Um, and then it, as it goes up, it turns, so you kind of get a great view of uh, the surrounding area. Uh, you get some really great views. And then you get to the top, uh, and it drops. And uh, it's a big old drop. It's, uh, it very sure thr- is. Very thrilling. Um, yeah, had to do uh, the usual. I was basically a ride attendant at one point on this ride as well. Helped a guy get into the... Uh, into the riding, also got him back out again afterwards. The queue management and the process of getting on and off rides was quite often left to the guests. Uh, there was also a top spin ride in this part of the park, and uh, yeah, I wasn't really feeling this one. We had had we I forgot what order we did the theme parks in. Had we done uh, yes. Fantasia Land by this point? Yes, we had. So we had done a top spin ride there called Talacan, which, of course, we'll talk about on that episode. So I feel like I'd had my fill and I was still in a sulk at this point. So I did not do Movie Park's Top Spin coaster, uh, Top Spin ride, rather. I don't think you did either. No. um, Yeah, I was was in a bit of a funk at this point as well. I needed something to pick me up and this was not going to be it. Even though, (laughs) again, just been on, on that drop tower that I enjoyed, I was like, no, I need something, something properly good. Yeah, didn't find it's it called, in the next ride. But. It's called the NYC Transformer, by the way. It's, uh, it's the yeah, top spin. It's, meant, it's themed on like a like a power station mm. transformer. Uh, I yeah. guess it goes wrong and that's what makes you go spinning. Yeah, yeah. Been there a while, 1999. It was making some very disconcerting noises, I seem to remember. It was, like it, yeah. it felt like it needed some, it needed greasing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Then we did Time Riders, which is uh, a a very, very retro motion simulator ride starring GB News' own (laughs) John Cleese. (laughs) Yes. Who just sits there talking about how he keeps being cancelled and how he's fed up with it. It's a very odd ride. No, he doesn't. This this predates GB News, John Cleese. Yeah, he's just been signed up by GB News to talk about cancel culture so i'm sure that's going to be a very balanced yes uh sensible program on what gb news is very balanced so yeah absolutely so yeah what did you think of this one the 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 pre-show stuff and all the the storytelling that goes on before you actually get onto the ride goes on for an incredibly long time i would i would argue too long to to be quite frank yeah uh, far, far too long. Um, I don't know why it goes on for too, for that long. Yeah, it's like a simulator ride when you eventually get on and it's fine. I didn't really know necessarily what to expect. Like it felt, it felt like a lot. That it felt like a decent amount of money had been spent on it, but not necessarily where you'd want them to spend it. Like. It's quite a, it's quite an impressive facade. Like the building, it looks like this kind of old manor house. There's a really cool clock out on front. The Time Riders logo even looks kind of cool. 
Uh, obviously, they've got John Cleese. They've got a cast member who does a bit of a bit at the start. Obviously, he was doing it all in Deutsch, so I had no idea what he was saying. I yeah. think he might have said hello at one point, but beyond that, he lost me. Yeah. So, like I say, it felt like some money, uh, some euros had been thrown at this one, but once you actually got on the ride... It, it was uh, kind of odd, actually, because it was clearly... Uh, a small version of Star Tours, like the way mm. you walked onto the ride, where it was like in a room, like the actual ride element was in its own room, um, had the exact same sort of light button layout that they have on Star Tours to check everyone's seatbelts are working properly. Um, but yeah, it was a bit, uh, it didn't move around a lot, not enough for kind of what was going on on the screen. Uh, so there was a bit of a disconnect there. Um, and it was just kind of a bit weird, just going through different time zones. Yeah, it, it, again, you know, as a, a relic of the Warner Brothers days, this used to be the Bat- Batman Adventure, the ride. Oh, of course. And and then got replaced by Time Riders with John Cleese. <laughs> uh, I assume now that he's on GB News, maybe they'll rebrand it again and it'll be... You know, they can still call it Time Riders and it will still be a time travel ride with John Cleese, but it will just be taking you back to the good old days where he could say questionable things about minorities. Yeah, do funny walks. Going going to see the dinosaurs or whatever. Um, So there you go. There you go. Then it was time to stop for the first bit of food of the day, Josh. So you indulged in uh, some chocolate-covered strawberries and a hot dog. It's worth noting, by the way, just on the topic of food, that by this point, we had walked past, and this again, you know, the universal vibes are strong here because I very excitingly tweeted, We have a San Fran bakery. I repeat, we have a San Fran bakery. Uh, in this case, the California Cafe San Francisco. Yeah. Um, even had a quite similar logo. So, yeah. Uh, I can't remember, based on this picture, it's impossible for me to tell. We didn't go in there. It might not have even been an actual place. It might have been a, a fake shop front. But anyway, I, I was very excited. One, yeah. I was very excited to see something that reminded me of of the San Fran Bakery at, at Universal Studios Florida. But uh, anyway, uh, Josh, if memory serves, the hot dog was a bit naff, but the strawberries were pretty good. Yes, uh, that is very accurate. The hot dog was pretty naff. Um, and the the strawberries were excellent, actually. Uh, very, Ooh. very plump, very juicy. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Still talking and about the strawberries. Yes, cho- oh, talking about strawberries, honest. Uh, and the chocolate on the outside was very, very nice as well. I was very impressed. Arguably the best thing about movie part of Germany was the chocolate-covered strawberries. Yeah. I had, what did I have? I had a pretzel there, which... yes was fine like I ate, I ate a lot of pretzels we ate a lot of pretzels between us over the course of this trip I mean when in Rome and all that yeah, absolutely so uh, yeah the the bar was high I would say and I don't think Movie Park's pretzel was anything to write home about uh, let's talk about the Nick rides the Nickelodeon rides so we did a few of these we didn't do all of them but we did start off with the uh, the Ghost Chasers uh, yes. starring John Cleese no uh, this was a Wild Mouse Coaster themed to Spongebob Squarepants yeah, uh, did Mac what ride. it said on the tin uh, the Spongebob vibes kind of started and ended with the 
the oh, entrance, backdrop. to be honest. <laughs> like the 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 signage was quite nicely done. Yeah. Uh, and you like the the paintwork on on the walls out front were, were quite SpongeBobby. You know, they were painted up to look like the jellyfish fields. Yes, but then once you were on the ride, it could have been any old wild mouse, really, couldn't it? Yes, um, this incidentally used to be Tom and Jerry's mouse in the house. <laughs> what is it, what is it, getting rid of all these Hanna Barbera rides? This sounded yeah. like it could have been the theme park of my dreams, and slowly chipped away at it. Yeah, it wasn't even. Uh, you know, in a house. It's outdoors. The whole ride's outdoors, so I don't know why it's called Mouse in the House. Well, mm. I, I get the reference, but, like, it's not in a house, so why bother? No, I need to get myself to the Warner Brothers world in Abu Dhabi, right? They've got Flintstones rides and Scooby-Doo rides. It's it's basically my childhood come to life. I need to get out there, Josh. You do, yeah. It's true. I need to sort out a park rush trip. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe one for next year. Ooh. Don't tap. Oh, uh, what else? What else did we do while we were out there? We did a Jimmy Neutron roller coaster. The this Atomic was quite Flyer. an interesting one, actually. Yeah, this yeah. is a bit of a curveball, uh, if I'm honest. Like I say, it's called Jimmy Neutron's Atomic Flyer, and it's a Vacoma su- suspended family coaster, and it's one of the rides. That I would say, if I was building a my first theme park, you know, where you can take your kids on their, you know, their first suspended coaster, their first, uh, you know, launch coaster, their first this, their first that, this would be uh, my first suspended coaster that I put in that park. Yeah, I I thought it was quite good actually. I mean, again, it's a shame in a way because the theming of this whole area. I mean, we spoke earlier about the general problems I had with the the kind of the way this park's laid out and, and the way it feels just walking around. But I think overall this is the best looking land, you know, some of the, 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 the signage and there are character models uh, around the place as well. But generally that doesn't extend to the rides in any great way. And again, this was a case of, oh, you know, the the entrance is quite bright and colourful. There's a big, big old Jimmy Neutron there. But then once you're in the queue and then once you're on the ride again, this could be basically anything. Yes. You know, there's no I'm sign sorry. of Carl or Sean or the teacher. I can't remember what her name is, but the one with the great voice. You know, Jimmy! Yeah. I'm on a Google Maps Street View and uh, they've done a street view of the whole park. And obviously there's Jimmy Neutron outside and his face has been blurred on Google Street View. He's <laughs> <laughs> a real person. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, some of the other rides that, that, that we had in the Nick, in Nickland, uh, we had the Avatar Air Glider, which we didn't do. No, nope. uh, that's just described as a, a Zamperla Giant Sky Chaser, which, 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 which we didn't do that one. There was another roller coaster, another Vacoma joint, uh, the Back Yardigans, which I've never seen. I don't know who they are or what their no. deal is, but that they're there. Uh, there's some bumper cars. There's a little door of the Explorer log flume, which which looked like you got kind of shockingly wet on, given how yeah. sort of s- small and unassuming it seemed from the outside. But people were coming off that pretty wet. Uh, there were some fairly old parents-themed teacups, for lack of a better word. There was uh, a swing ride, again, themed to SpongeBob. And I think actually the most impressive ride from a, a visuals standpoint, an aesthetic standpoint, was was another SpongeBob 
ride, the SpongeBob Splash Bash. Oh yeah, uh, where you you have uh, you know you get on in in sizable groups uh, onto these boats. It's set up like the driving school from SpongeBob. Uh, so you're getting on these boats on a on a track, and they have water cannons on them, and then there are also water cannons around the outskirts of the ride that. Uh, non-riders can use and the idea is that you, you you're having a little bit of a splash battle yes it's a bit like so. battle gallon galleons at alton towers if you've been on that so you get to spray other people that are on the ride and you get to try and spray the people on the side and vice versa yeah yeah we, we didn't do that one but I, like i say i thought that was probably the most visually impressive of the rides yeah. uh and then we've got uh, let's do this kind of double double whammy of 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 wet rides, and we kind of took it in turns to get soaked here. So yes. you got pretty wet on Excalibur, which is a river rapids ride. This yeah. was a pretty long queue, uh, one of the better themed queues, I would say. So as the name suggests, this is kind of all medieval fantasy uh, knights and wizards and dragons being the vibe you, you walk through and you go through like this grand dining room big bookshelves a kind of big hole in the wall that you walk through at one point you know it's reasonably well done and then you get on the ride and to be honest for the most part so far as it as a river rapper's experience it's actually quite tame which is why you ending up getting soaked was kind of weird <laughs> I, go, yes. I, I was on the ride thinking this is very tame i can't imagine you get very wet on that and then we go off and i looked at you and i was like how on earth have you managed to get quite so wet i mean the most striking thing about this ride actually was that certainly by the standards of everything else at the park the attention to detail so far as the set dressing and some of the models incredible. that decorated the ride were genuinely really really great there was some good yeah. stuff going on you know knights and dragons and decent visual effects throughout yeah it was it, given as well that this and... <laughs> yeah given that this was not themed to a specific ip either it really was quite the curveball to me uh yeah quite how impressive this was from that point of view um so worth checking out i would say if you're if you're there if you find yourself in movie park germany don't don't write off Excalibur. It's it's surprisingly impressive and, and not in the way that you'd expect because it's not just, oh, the theming's not great, but you'll go on for a good soaking and it's quite a good laugh because chances are, you know, it, it seems like the odds are one person gets quite wet and everyone yes. else you'd barely yeah. know had been on a water ride. There's a, you go, there's an indoor section to begin with, then you go outdoors and then there's an indoor section at the end, which is basically pitch black and... I happened to turn around at the wrong point and wallop. Uh, got absolutely smashed in the face with a big old wave that came from nowhere in pitch dark, so I couldn't see it coming. Uh, and yes, fully soaked. Fair enough. I mean, Area 51 is the other water ride, and this is the one where I got shockingly wet. Yeah. Uh, this, this one's a real trip. This is really bizarre. So it's kind of off, kind of hidden away a little bit, like... You come in the entrance and basically everyone's going right. But if you go yeah. left, you get to Area 51. It's basically the yeah. only thing that's there if you go left. Yeah, there's nothing and, else uh, there. No, it's this little splash boat, um, splash boat ride, you know, very traditional. But you're going through this kind of top secret government facility which uh, in which aliens are being studied 
yeah. and then it kind of all goes wrong for the scientists and the aliens kind of have their way with them. There's no obvious reason why this needs or should be a boat ride. Like it feels almost like a dark, more like a narrative dark ride that just happens to be on a boat for some reason. Yes. Well, Tom, I'll hit you with this. Uh, the ride oh. was originally called Das Bermuda Dreieck. Oh, right. It's obviously German for the Bermuda Triangle. Of course. Uh, yes. It was then changed, uh, rebranded, I guess, rethemed as well to an extent to Bermuda Triangle Alien Encounter. Oh, boy. Um, yes. And then they went... Uh, we'll just drop the Bermuda Triangle thing and just call it Area 51. It's it's weird. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page for it as well, by the way, and it says that this is kind of... This was a SeaWorld ride originally. Uh, SeaWorld, SeaWorld as in Australia. the Gold Coast Australia variant of SeaWorld. And they just kind of picked it up and dropped it in Movie Park Germany, where it still exists. But anyway, yes, so far as me getting soaked, properly bizarre. Like, it felt, again, like I was in the only seat on the boat where you'd come off even realising that you'd been on a water ride. But I got absolutely yeah. drenched, and it was just... It wasn't even the main splash at the end. There was there was an earlier splashdown when you're actually indoors. And as I say, no-one else seemed to get wet at all from this but i think i was sat behind a small child and i got i i took the full force of of the splash yeah for sure just got it right in the face and you know a, a real soaking probably the wettest i got on any ride over the course of this entire road trip and you wouldn't have guessed it at all going in yeah and as the last ride of the day uh on the the arguably most overcast day of the of the German leg of the trip. Oh, yes. Yes, for sure. I think the only other thing really to mention is that, you know, we, you had your hot dog and your strawberries. You also had, I mean, there's no real reason to talk about the quality of your Magnum ice cream because it's just a Magnum, although I think uh, for it, record, was, I mean, it was a decent Magnum. You enjoyed it? Was it? Pretty, it was pretty bad, bloody good. Um, you did have a Dunkin' Donut as well. Uh, yes. You weren't quite so enamoured with that one? No, yeah. Um, didn't Doesn't live up to the hype that you, you want from a from a American-branded donut at, at Dunkin'. Uh, it was fine. It was expensive. That's for damn sure. Uh, it was, wasn't you got, it? You got the Dunkin'-branded uh, cost going into it, and then you have the Thing Park-branded cost going into it, and it's just... Um, but I felt like I needed one. I needed to experience yeah. experience it, and I did, and uh, I, I regret it to an extent. Well, the full review as live as you ate the donut is on the Park Rush TikTok page. Yeah. So do go and have a look at that. Uh, but they were so, I mean, they had quite a good selection, didn't they? Quite a big variety of Dunkin' Donuts in, yeah. the, in the movie park studio tour coaster gift shop. Um, yes. But, you know, make sure you go when it's being operated by someone who knows how to make the different coffees because he did not know how to make an iced uh, an iced coffee, which is what I was looking for and had to go with Yes, it. and I wanted an iced chocolate drink and he couldn't make that either. No. So. Uh, so my colleague will be here soon, but I can't make it. It's like... Well, <laughs> how do you get the job here, pal? Yeah. It's like half the job. 
You're, you're a coffee place. Make the coffee. Yeah. I mean, I could do the donut part of your job. It involves picking <laughs> up a donut and putting it in a bag. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, the, the, like, the non-iced coffee part of his job is done by a machine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I don't think there's much else to say, Josh. I mean, the merch situation, did you get a hat? You got a hat here, I right? Got a hat. Yeah, I did get a hat, which uh, I wore on a subsequent day in a different theme park, but uh, it's gone in my collection of theme park caps. Uh, overall thoughts then, Josh, on Movie Park. Would you recommend it to people? I think just to give my two cents quickly, it would be the kind of thing that, like, if you're in the area as part of a wider trip and are curious, then sure, check it out. I don't think I would say people should go out of their way. No. Um, I would probably spend... I think it's like... An, if you're in this sort of area, it's probably an extra hour on to... Fantasia Land, and I think that would be a better use of your time. Oh, 100%. Yeah. No doubts here about that. Um, it's also €8 Euros for parking at Movie Park Germany. Yeah, that's Movie Park Germany. I think, uh, yeah, do go and have a look through the Twitter thread for kind of pictures and clips throughout the day. There's also stuff, as I said, on the TikTok. In addition to the Donut Review, there is some other stuff on there from Movie Park as well. But, of course, I think the best thing you should do... Uh, to get a, a real good taste of, of how it was for us is to head on over to the Parkrush YouTube channel and watch the vlog. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. If you want to make sure you don't miss the Trip Stroll episode and all subsequent episodes, the best thing to do is to subscribe, if you haven't already, on your podcast platform of choice. You can also find us and get the RSS feed at parkrush.com. And if you want to get in touch... It's podcast at parkrush.com. Once again, thank you very much for listening. Stay safe out there. Take it easy. Alfie the same. Tschüss.